warning, this podcast is rated effed up for profanity, sexual violence, and potentially disturbing material. If I were you, I'd turn back now. The more you know. Hey guys, it's Brandy. So before we start this episode, I'm gonna tell you I fucked up and this is my correction so no one has to tell me. I said Desert City, California, where we thought Alyssa's body was. It's actually Desert Center, California. I realized that the second we stopped recording. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Salutations! You have found yourself at the Macabre Academy. I had to try something new. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's me, Steffi, a.k.a. Nerdy Witch. Roll call, guys. Brandy. Hello, you beautiful motherfuckers. Kevin. Okay. Before we kick this off, I'm going to apologize in advance because I found a new peanut butter whiskey. So I'm going to be getting schnookered on that. But luckily, it's not my episode. It's mine. We're all fucked. I think I may have researched the wrong topic then. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Whoops. You know, we are professionals here. We need like a Google document that has like what the episode's going to be so I don't do this next time. What did you research? The Spartan episode that you were talking about. This one's Dude. a list attorney, from what I understand. Yes. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I Don't believe... mind me, there'll be some clacking in the background. <laughs> well, you have time to research while Brandy goes over this case. Yeah, don't worry. Like I said, there's going to be some clacking in the background, guys. So if you're playing podcast bingo, just knock loud typing off your, uh, off your bingo card right now. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so we'll start. I'm just going to jump around. It's how I do this. It's really how you do this. Jump around. So, Alyssa Turney was 17 years old when she went missing on May 17th, 2001. She went missing from the last day of school after her stepfather picked her up early and didn't tell anyone that he picked her up early. And then no one knows what happened to her. He was the last one to see her alive and has never said anything about it. So what's the the dynamic then? Because you just immediately went person, stepdad. So I'm assuming there's a blended family thing. There is. I'm going to get into the family background. Okay. Do your thing. We hate the stepdad. Motherfucker. 100%. Actually, he is a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) So he's trash. <laughs> okay. But not our kind of him. trash. No, like he's bad trash and I want to murder him. And like I'm not the only one, so it's fine. So the family dynamic was the mother, Barbara, Alyssa's biological father, Stephen Strom, and then her stepfather, Michael Turney. With Barbara and Michael, they had a very blended family. People like refer to it as the Brady Bunch, and I hate that because it just drives me crazy. So they had, between the two of them, Barbara brought with her her son James and Alyssa. From James was from a first marriage or relationship that failed, and then Alyssa was from her marriage. Michael had Rhett, Michael Turney, and then John. And then 
they had together Sarah. So all together there were one, two, three, four, five, six kids. Yeah, six kids in this family, which was way too fucking many. And all of the kids believe, rightfully so, that Michael killed Alyssa and just has not told anyone about it. So we're going to go into Barbara and Stephen Strom's marriage to start, and then we're just going to kind of work out from there. Okay? Sounds like a plan. Great. So Barbara... you went balls deep, like right off the bat. Yeah. There's like zero banter. Yeah. <laughs> so like, this is the case, like everyone kind of have a, has a case that they're obsessed with. This is mine. I've read every article about it. I've listened to every podcast. I've listened to every YouTube video. And like, there's just so much that doesn't add up. And the stepfather is still out and free. And just gets to live his life. And the police aren't doing anything about it. So, like, this case just pisses me off. And, like, it's not fair. Like, the family deserves the closure of just tell me where she's at, the body, you know? Like, if she's not alive, which by this point, she's been gone for 19 years. They all know she's not alive. Just tell us where she's at. Mm -hmm. And he won't. He's a piece of shit. So Barbara and Steven got married. Barbara already had John from a um, previous relationship. And then together they had Alyssa. When Alyssa was three years old, Barbara left Steven and married Michael Turney. Steven never signed away his parental rights to Alyssa, ever. But somehow Michael was able to adopt Alyssa legally. Well, that sounds like some shenanigans. Yeah. So Michael understands the court systems really, really well because he used to be a police officer. So mm. he knows how to get around absolutely everything to get what he wants. And he wanted Stephen out of their lives. He wanted to be able to control Barbara and the children. He's a control freak and just very like abusive in that way. And he's trash. So... Michael claims that Alyssa was sexually and physically abused when she was a young child by Stephen. And, like, her mother had taken her when she was very young to her pediatrician, and they did find signs of sexual abuse. Content warning. Sorry. I have it further (laughs) down in my notes. Hold on, wait. I'll show you. (laughs) I was like, where's the content warning? Well, like, wait, do you see the trigger warning in there? No. I don't. Oh, right it's there. all the way down. Yeah, because that's where I like had the section on sexual abuse because mm. it gets worse. So like they took her to her pediatrician and there was some signs of sexual abuse. CPS is in and out of this house nonstop. When the kids were younger, the family had hard times with money. Obviously, you have six kids. It's a lot of fucking kids. Kids are expensive. So they would do, like, Barbara would Barbara would babysit the neighborhood kids for extra money. So there were always tons of kids running around the house. And Alyssa got into some of Michael's pills at one point. They had to call poison control. That got CPS involved. Um, Sarah, the youngest, 
actually escaped the house one day when she was really young and um, got hit by a car. And that made CPS come back into the house and just keep investigating everything. So Michael finally was able to completely alienate Barbara and the kids from Stephen and Stephen didn't get to see the kids anymore. So Stephen was still getting like visitation with John and Alyssa, but Michael basically convinced Barbara that he was super abusive and was bad influences on the kids. So they didn't get to see them anymore. Michael is the only investigative lead in this case. The whole family thinks he did it. He had a passive recording system on the phone. So literally any phone call that was made coming in or going out was recorded on his phone system. Mm. And the entire family knew it. So they wouldn't talk on the phone if they had something important to say. He also had hidden like security cameras all throughout the house. And he was just crazy paranoid and like honestly just insane. He got this like paranoia paranoia from his brother and father because they did the exact same thing. They videotaped their family constantly. They constantly were recording people because they didn't trust anyone. That's kind of fucked up though. I mean, oh, having extremely. Did I tell you about when I was staying at my husband's house how I thought I was under surveillance? No. I don't know if you noticed, but in that back room on the one shelf was a baby monitor. And it was pointed towards my bed. And I would unplug it because I could see a little green light on. And my husband's like, oh, no, that's not what it's for, blah, 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 blah. And I would keep finding it with the green light on. I said, if you're using this to watch Evie, why is it on at night when I'm in my room? Was that not fucked up? That's extremely fucked up. And I wasn't even sure. I mean, even if it was still a baby monitor, that's kind of scary knowing that somebody yeah. was watching you. So I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine knowing I was being recorded on top of it. Oh, yeah. And like the whole family knew. So like if Barbara had to talk to her friends because like Michael was abusive, maybe not physically, but definitely emotionally. And if she had to have like a super important conversation, she wouldn't do it over the phone. She'd be like, Oh, Hey, let's just like meet up for coffee and talk and hang out. And then they would talk about things when they were out of the house because nowhere in the house was safe. Yeah. And this comes into play later because he's so crazy about recording everything and keeping all the records of everything, but some things just mysteriously go missing. Bullshit. Yeah. So, Michael came from like a weird family. Like they just had a very long history of sexually assaulting women and young girls. And they also, a lot of them like were in the police force so they could cover themselves up more, which is fucked up. So Barbara and Michael's relationship started when Michael went into Barbara's work to refinance his mortgage. They kind of hit it off. And the very next day, he sent her flowers at work. Mm. And he sent her flowers every day until she left her husband. I'm sorry, but flowers aren't enough to convince me to leave. No, but like, so Stephen and Barbara were having a rough, rough relationship and they were on the rocks. And then Michael shows up and starts treating Barbara like a princess and treating her really, really well. And she goes, oh, well, maybe I don't need Stephen. 
I don't know, the first men to show up in my life after me and my husband separated, I gave him a big old fuck off. That's fair. So I don't get it, but I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I'm wooed by the flowers. I, okay. So basically, Barbara and Michael start dating. Barbara divorces her husband. They get married. Like, almost instantly. Their relationship was rough because money was tight. They had five kids. Obviously, that sucks ass. Sarah, who... Okay, so Sarah is the younger sister, and she's the one that is really campaigning to get her father put away. She has her own podcast called Voices for Justice, and that's where I got a lot of my information from. And she goes into deep detail about her father's past, about her mother, about everything in the family, and breaks absolutely everything down. I mean, everyone should go listen to it because it's amazing. But she does podcast interviews for any podcast that would question her or ask her to do it in a heartbeat. So she's constantly doing interviews. She's constantly getting media. She's constantly bringing attention to the case in hopes to get it solved. Do you think that that is somebody you might want to reach out to? I mean, we could and see if like as a follow-up episode. I, I think it would be cool if we at least tried. Yeah. So after Sarah was born, Barbara got really, really sick with lung and bone cancer. Ugh. Fuck cancer. Yeah, it's bad. So when Barbara got sick, Mike decided to move the entire family from where they were living in Arizona to California. He said that the reason for this was that there were better doctors for her out there. But in reality, it was away from her entire family. So he picked up her and all the kids and they moved states away for better doctors when I think that it was really just to isolate them. So Barbara had no choice but to only be with him and care about him and pay attention to him. And like that's a common theme. He likes to isolate all of the people and then start to control them. It's very easy once you get somebody to be codependent on you to then Mm -hmm. further manipulate them. I know because this just happened to me. Exactly. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So Barbara's family went to visit her in the last like weeks of her life. And the last couple days before she died, all of her siblings said that Mike would tell them, so she's going to be in a lot of pain and we just need to up her morphine to basically keep her in this coma and keep her sedated. But he was doing it to the point where the doctor didn't say to up her morphine. The doctor said, no, she's fine. Like, she's okay. And he just basically, the family felt that he was overdosing her. Mm. And then in February, he told everyone that he got fired from the union that he was working with. And being fired means that your benefits run out at the end of the month. All benefits. You know how hard it is to get fired from a fucking union? Well, he didn't get fired. He quit. There's paperwork that he signed saying, yeah, if I quit, I lose all my benefits. Your wife is literally an end stage cancer. And you're going to quit your job and lose your benefits? So basically, he said that she had to 
die by the end of February or they wouldn't have benefits and they couldn't take care of her anymore. Well, then why the fuck did you quit your job? Why couldn't you just hang in there for another month or two? Because he's a manipulative psychopath and just wanted everyone to feel bad for him because, oh, woe is me. I just lost my job and my wife is dying from cancer. How could they fire you when your wife is dying from cancer? So he's an attention war. Yes. Like this cat right now. 1,000%. Mm. So, hey, all Barbara, cats are good cats. No. Yes, all cats are good cats. Well, this uh, is Lucy here. Oh, she's a good cat. She's cute. All cats are good cats. She won't leave me alone. That's the Parasaurus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Barbara ended up dying on February 28th. I love that timing. Yeah. Perfect timing. Michael did not want a funeral. Michael did not want an autopsy done. Even though the family was like, yeah, we really want an autopsy. Like, please. Michael hated her family because they smoked pot. Just marijuana. Get over it. Yeah. So basically her last Thanksgiving, she was so sick and so weak and just wasn't eating. So her sisters took her on a short little like ride around the neighborhood, like a short little walk. And they smoked some pot. She came home and she ate Thanksgiving dinner. and. My aunt. Yes. You know my neck tattoo? Yeah. The last time I smoked marijuana was with her because she was stage four breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And her doctor at the time, it wasn't medically acceptable, but the doctor said, if you can get the pot, smoke the pot. And she was so sick. It was the only thing that would settle her stomach so she could eat and help Mm -hmm. ease the pain. Um, And I broke my shit. I broke. Are you fixed now? Hot Mess Express. Is it better now? Yeah. Completely broke it. I just, the cat jumped out of my arms and the cord got ripped and I got tangled. Good job. Yeah, but I have a breast cancer ribbon tattooed on my neck for my Aunt Maria that, you know, the pot is amazing for so many things. I'm not, I don't even really smoke the pot. Like literally the last time I smoked it was eight years ago with her. Mm-hmm. But um, the medical benefits of marijuana outweigh whatever weird hippie oh, yeah. brainwashy shit. They, you know, this is, this is Nixon's fault. Why are you scoffing at me? It is. Why? Cause he put the war on the hippies and the marijuana. If he would have just taxed that shit, then you know how much extra money the government would have. Oh yeah. You're, you're from the wrong. post office. Yeah, <laughs> this is completely Nixon's fault, though. Him and the hippie, them dirty hippies, they can't smoke the pot and have free love and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that last Thanksgiving, they smoked the pot. She ate dinner and she was actually feeling okay and happy. That's because it's good for you. I'm sorry yeah. to say, the pot is I good agree. for you if you have the fucking cancer. So you would think. Any normal human would be like, oh, okay, like, I don't agree with you smoking pot, but, like, at least you're happy and, like, you feel good and you're good enough to eat. You're dying of cancer. Shut the hell mm -hmm. up. Sorry, I'm mad. (laughs) You're just going to get more mad. Don't worry. So instead of being happy, he's in the kitchen making fun of her to the children. Wait, like what? What the fuck did he say? Like, he was like, oh, this is what stupid people look like this is what potheads look like don't be like them they're drug users and was it's just like not a drug it's a medicine 
Exactly. Medicine. And, and so he did not like Barbara's family at all. After Barbara died, he moved the family right back to Arizona and kept them away from Barbara's family. They were not allowed to see them. They were not allowed to talk to them. They what, were because she was bad. being helped by them? Yeah, basically. What the fuck? This I'm now mad. Yeah. Mm. I didn't understand why you were mad. I'm already on the mad train. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. So, after Barbara died, Michael jumped from job to job. Michael has mental problems. I don't know what they are, but he has mental problems. He's paranoid. He's He has depression, obviously, but he's just extremely paranoid. He's one of those people that thinks that everyone is out to get him and everyone wants to kill him and wants to take all of his things and take his family away. Hmm. So, after a while, he got in an accident where he got pushed, air quotes, off of a roof. He claims that yeah, this he- was an... In- Hold on. He claims that this was an attempt to murder him put together by the union that he worked for at the time. No, bitch. If they wanted to kill you, they wouldn't push you off a roof. They would kill you. There's easier ways to kill you. Yeah, no. A roof? Yeah. No. Worst case you get from jumping off of a, a normal roof is a concussion or broken leg. It is yeah. not tall enough on a house to technically mm-hmm. kill you unless you land in a very specific way. If you're exactly. going to do a hit, that is not what you fucking do. Push him in front of a train. That'll take exactly. care of it. You, Nobody comes back It was that. an electrical union and a roofing union. They can electrocute you. Like, yeah. I can make things look like an accident. Drop the so, toaster in the tub. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> so, he tells everyone that this fall shattered his leg. And that's why he was put on disability for the rest of his life and can never work. I mean, he might have fucked up his leg on purpose, but you could fuck up a leg Mm-mm. jumping off of a roof. You could. Technically. Except that his daughter, Sarah, never remembers him in a cast. Okay. If your dad shattered his leg, would you not remember him in a cast? Yeah, you've been in that for a hot minute. Yeah. Bullshit. So, as part of his disability, he had to go to, like, counseling sessions with a therapist. So your disability wasn't for your leg. Your disability was for your mind. Like you were just a crazy person and you couldn't work. So Michael being at home all the time because he couldn't work because of his shattered leg gave him all of the time in the world to Wait, keep okay. an eye. Question. Yes. <laughs> you said he had police connections, so he knew how to do all that shit. How do you get a medical doctor to sign off on some of this because usually for disability benefits and blah, 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 blah. Did he have to bribe a doctor? No. So he lied to his friends and family. His disability is for his mental problems. Yeah. I have, I have mental problems. I'm not disabled. That's just being lazy. Exactly. So he tells everyone it's because of the union. The union tried to kill me. I can't work because the union tried to kill me and they still want to kill me. So like, why do they want to kill him so bad? Because he claims he was a whistleblower. Well, he is a piece of shit, but 
he claims that he was a whistleblower and that that caused the union to be like, fuck this dude, we're just going to kill him. No. I don't buy it. I No, I don't buy anything this man says. Um, him being home gives him more time to make sure Alyssa follows all of his ridiculous fucking rules. He likes to point out that she was so stupid that his they had dying to, wife is no, stupid. His daughter, his stepdaughter. Oh. Now we're on Alyssa. I shouldn't drink. It's okay. So Michael treated all of his children very differently for his three sons and John, his stepson. He treated them great. He was like, oh, you can grow up and do anything. You guys are smart. Like, you're good kids. Sarah was the exact same way. Sarah, you're smart. You're gorgeous. You're amazing. You can do anything you put your mind to. Alyssa was stupid. Alyssa, he claims, had ADHD. Mm. The way he treats her because she had ADHD pisses me off. So he likes to point out that in his words, she was so stupid that they had to hire her a tutor in kindergarten because she didn't know her ABCs. No. That's not your child's fault. That's your fault for being a bad parent. Yeah, but realistically, that's not a learning disability if you've just started kindergarten. You wouldn't see problems like that until the first or second grade. You have to go through the whole school year before you Mm -hmm. make that kind of determination. Exactly. Well, the point of kindergarten is to teach kids how to do school. Like, that's the only reason people go Mm -hmm. to kindergarten. ABCs, colors, and how to be in school. That's it. Like, that's that's why, yeah, like, no. So, like, I I just hate it. And, like, he calls her names, and he's just so nasty to her. I blame him for her not knowing her ABCs. Yeah, his fucking fault. 1,000%. That's on the parents. That's not on the child. Fast forward. When Alyssa was in third grade, Michael started dating her teacher. Gross. Super gross. Super don't like that. I don't like that either. Sarah remembers this woman being around and helping take care of them and just always being there and being really nice. This teacher was also still married to her husband. Oh, so it was like a fair. Yeah. And decided, hey, I'm just going to go back to my husband and I'm not going to be with you anymore. Wait, what? did this teacher even consider the damage that that would do to a child? That I'm your teacher, I'm married to somebody else, but I'm going to fuck your daddy? No. But also, this teacher should not be a teacher and should be beaten in the face. Not you're maybe not murdered. No, it gets worse. So, how does it get? Alyssa, you do this to me. So, teachers are what what they call mandated reporters. Yes, I had to go through this. I know exactly what that is. Right. Yeah. This woman did not do that. Alyssa, in third grade, went up to her teacher and said, "I'm having sex with my dad." I don't give a fuck if that's wrong or not. You call CPS. No. Oh, my God. They got called. No, my eldest daughter lied and said her dad kicked her in the chest. And Mm -hmm. we had to deal with CPS for that. Mm -hmm. She didn't have a mark on her. Her dad didn't kick her. Look, her her dad is capable of some big ass bullshit. But he would never kick a child in the chest. Me, sure. I'm sure he would choke slam me again in a heartbeat. 
But exactly. I'm si- yeah, they did a full investigation. Even the principal had to apologize to me because they both knew that he, she wasn't getting abused. But she says it's their job when a kid says something, no matter how idly, that they must report and they must investigate mm-hmm. it. They have to. And then they yes. have to remain impartial during the process. They yeah. can't take sides. So she did nothing, none of that. She, instead of calling CPS, she just goes to Michael and goes, hey, so Alyssa told me this. And Michael goes, oh, well, that's because she's so stupid. She thought that um, kissing someone was sex. I don't give a shit. You still call CPS. You still get that investigated. Well, I, maybe she didn't want to believe it because she was fucking him. Still, fuck you. You're no, a bad it's, teacher. It's awful. So she, instead of going to the authorities, went to the man who was abusing her. And we don't know if that's true or not. But Alyssa had these conversations with her friends in um, teenage years. She had these conversations with her boyfriend in teenage years about how Michael was trying to sexually abuse her. And it was wrong. And he just kept getting away with it. So one of Michael's nieces was staying with the family for the summer and was super grossed out by Michael. She says that it was Michael's brother's daughter. So his brother was just as fucked as he is. And he was sexually abusing his children. So when Michael asked her, hey, will you give me a back rub? She didn't think anything of it because, well, okay, that's just normal. Later that night, Michael came into her room and asked her if she wanted a back rub. This girl was so terrified. She looked at her and goes, no, I don't. I'm good. And literally was so afraid to go to sleep because she thought that he was going to come in while she was asleep and molest her. And that's just not okay. Mm-mm. And when she told her mother, her mother came and picked her up the very next day and she never went to stay at his house again. Good. Another cousin was staying with the family um, just until he got back on his feet. Um, and he was actually working at Sam's Club. And so... Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Um, one night after work, he went to put a movie on. Now, this was still in like the early 90s, so they had VHS tapes. Oh, so he picks one VHS up. VHS tape. Right? So he, he picks one up. <laughs> also, sidebar. Yeah. Can we just talk for a minute how stupid it is that we got rid of blockbusters to go to fucking Redbox? You're not wrong. Did you see they turned one into an Airbnb? But, like, why are we standing outside in the freezing cold in the bright sun where you can't see the goddamn screen instead of a nice building? Like, what the fuck? They turned a blockbuster into an Airbnb. Okay. You can't turn a red box. There's, it it oh, goes listen. with what Kev's saying. You need a physical building. Listen, I understand that. <clears throat> but I was like, how do you turn like a vending machine into an Airbnb? What did you do? I think I missed the most is when a new movie would come out and you would go to the blockbuster and then you realize the entire wall was empty. Yes. Like you yeah. never felt disappointment. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> until you saw the facings of all these movie VHSs and even early DVDs, and not one of them had the clear box behind it to take to rent. Oh yeah, yeah. no. We, oh, got used that's to disa- dis- we got used to we got used to disappointment real early in our lives. Yeah, we did. You're not <laughs> like. Yeah, we did. <laughs> 
So I think the tape that he put in was like labeled Dr. Doolittle or something like that. Like one of those movies. And he was like, okay, we'll put this in and I'll just watch it after work. And when he pressed play, it was not that at all. He saw a young girl with a newspaper covering her face being molested. He swears that this girl was Alyssa. Well, did she have any birthmarks or defining characteristics or? I don't know. I don't know how he knows, but I think it was just one of those gut feelings where like, you just know. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I was just trying to like circumstantial evidence versus physical evidence because we learned what a problem that was with the butcher baker. Yes. So a lot of this is circumstantial because Michael knew what to get rid of Mm. and knew how to get rid of things. So that's when the cousin decided that he had to leave that house and never come back. How? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, the older brothers had all graduated high school by now and were living on their own. And they all said, well, we'll take Alyssa in. Like, if you don't want her anymore, like, we'll take her. If she's such a problem, let us have her. And Michael was basically just like, no, she'll try to blackmail you like she blackmails me. Because he would call CPS and be like, hey, so my daughter is threatening to call you guys, saying that I'm sexually assaulting her, and I'm not. So, like, don't believe her when she calls you. That would make me want to go more. Exactly. And they did nothing. Nothing was done. Like everyone failed her in this case. Everyone. Slipped through every crack, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And she's still being failed. Witches, I am in love with this family-run business, Mystical Existence, the bath products that turn your ordinary self-care ritual into a celestial experience. As a witch, my bathing habits are sacred, so I was overjoyed to find products that not only smell amazing, but don't irritate my sensitive skin. My favorite scent is Scorpio which was designed with Maggie's daughter and the perfume her mother used to wear at heart. All soaps, lotions, and bath bombs are handmade with supplies that are purchased from ethical and responsible manufacturers. A portion of the products are vegan for all you animal lovers out there. As the wheel of the year turns, new products are designed to match the seasons. Currently only available In the United States, you can find Mystical Existence on Facebook, Instagram, or at their website, mysticalexistence.com. For 15% off, use our promo code MACABRE. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. Alyssa had to sign contracts from her father saying that she was never abused sexually or physically. She had to sign contracts that she would follow any and all rules that he had for her. It's a fucking piece of paper. It means nothing. That has to be a man. He had them notarized. Wait. Wait. Hold up. How in the literal fuck can you notarize a contract 
between you and your daughter written on some fucking notebook paper that says, I'm not being molested. That's because not a thing. Smart. No, it so, can't be a thing. I do not believe it. It cannot so be a thing. He sued so many people, which is why, like, I'm not saying he did it, but he did it. Don't sue me. Hi. So, in my opinion, he did it. I have no proof, but he did it. So, he sued so many people. He sued the union. He sued the phone companies. He sued literally anyone he could. He sued the school district. He sued everyone. So he knew his way around the courtroom because he never used a lawyer. And his background in law enforcement helped with everything. So he knew all the ins and outs of everything that he needed to know to get away with whatever the fuck he wanted. We hate him. There's a special place in hell for him. I feel like I need migraine medication. Yeah. This whiskey's not cutting it. I'm already frustrated. Yeah. So all of Alyssa's rules were written on like big poster board and posted all over the house because in Michael's words, she was too stupid because of her ADHD to remember her rules. He treated Alyssa as though she was, and this is his words, not mine, because I fucking hate this. He said that she was retarded. And it was his own personal hell to deal with this retarded retarded child. Look, he couldn't even say it right since it's so uncomfortable. I, I couldn't. I hate it. You don't refer to a child like that. That's not okay. I mean, you did in the 90s, though, unfortunately. Yeah. The 90s and, were a wild time. And, like, it just makes me so mad. So, <laughs> Kevin... Do you have any ADD, ADHD research? No? No, but I could do some real quick. No, it's okay. So, like... I mean, my best friend has ADHD. We've talked about it a bit. Like, Yeah, my oldest daughter had it. My sister has it. And my nephew. Like, yes, they have trouble focusing. But it does not make them slow to the point where they cannot function. No, in fact, if I think, if anything, the brain going that fast, they were almost, like, too smart. Mm-hmm. And everything else around them was moving too slow. Exactly. That's how I saw it, was they just had so much going on in their brain. Because he felt that she was stupid because of her ADHD, she was under constant surveillance from the cameras that her father had all over the house. Yeah, I still hate that. Mm. He had one hidden in the vent in their living room. Also, how big did this camera have to be in the fucking 90s? Yeah, right? Like, seriously. Like, we're... we're like, back then, a, a VHS player was the size of a bazooka. Yeah, so I don't know where he got a camera that he could hide in his vent, but there was a camera in the vent. Well, I mean, if you're police, right, they, they do have that for surveillance and sting operations. and they, So he probably knew where to get it. Yeah, I mean... Then you'd have to run a, then you have to run a hard wire to it to keep it powered. It's, there's so much going on. There's a lot It's dedication to fuckery is what there's it a, is. There's a lot psychotic. Mm-hmm. So... Alyssa was not allowed to go out as much as she wanted. Obviously, she's a teenager. She wants to hang out with her friends. She wants to go smoke cigarettes, smoke pot, do get drunk, do whatever she wants to do as a teenager. Everyone has those days. Well, you got to numb the pain somehow when you're going through something traumatic and exactly. you don't know how to deal with it. Exactly. And so he wouldn't let her do that. So he told Sarah that Alyssa was always just 
being rebellious and being a bad person and it's just a bad child and don't ever be like that because that's bad and she's stupid and you don't want to be like her. And so he actually made contracts up for her friend's parents to sign saying, so the one was for a birthday party and it literally said, um, there will be no boys sleeping over the house other than the people that already live in the house. There will be no alcohol. There will be no sex. There will be no drugs. There will be no cigarettes. And you will not allow Alyssa to do any of this stuff. And if the parents didn't sign these contracts, Alyssa wasn't allowed to go. And, like, that pisses me off, too. Like, fuck you, dude. So the only time when she was ever really alone was when she was at school or at work. But even then, there's – if you just look up on YouTube, like, Alyssa – um, turning videos you'll find videos of him videotaping her at work so she worked at a fast food place he's literally in the parking lot in his car zooming the camera in so that he can see her in the store and at one point the manager is like he can't do that like you need to tell him he's not allowed to do that you're not allowed to record in here and she goes, it's my dad it's my first job he's just like excited to see me and wants to like document it no, Mm-mm. not for an entire shift. And you just sit out there and watch her. A lot of the videotapes that have been released are disturbing and just like weird. So there's one where Sarah, Alyssa, and Michael all went on like a camping trip. And during this camping trip, Sarah's playing with the, the camcorder and is like recording everything. And Uh, Alyssa's in the background and you hear her scream Sarah dad's a pervert at 14 years old you're not going to just yell out dad's a pervert unless dad's doing something and Michael's response was Sarah Alyssa's a stupid moron in a mocking voice and then he tells her to turn off the camera and forcibly takes it from her so he was just a piece of shit now we're going to go to the day that she went missing So it was the last day of junior year, and obviously it was a half day because your last last day of school typically is a half day. Her stepfather took her and her sister to school, like always, and then between 10.30 and 11, he came back to the school and took Alyssa out of school early. So it was already a half day, and then he took her out early anyway. Was she there for like an hour? I mean, high school starts at like seven, so maybe like three hours, but he didn't tell anyone that he took her out early. He never told Sarah that he took her out early. He never mentioned it to the police. They only found out when her friends came forward and they were like, yeah, we remember her leaving. Like she came in, she said, bye, I'll see you later tonight. And then she left on her way out of school. It's the last day of school. She doesn't give a fuck anyway. She goes and interrupts all the classes that her friends are in. And one of her last stops was at her boyfriend's um, class and shop class. And she told him that she would see him after school at the party um, because they were going to have like a graduation party because they were going to become seniors. So they were um, celebrating like the old seniors graduation. She never made it to that party that we know of because the police never investigated it until seven years later. Well, if she went missing, somebody would have had to remember her at that party, right? They slapped posters everywhere and shit. No. Wait, they didn't? 
no, we're getting there. So fast forward to 4 p.m. Sarah was on a school field trip last day of like seventh, eighth grade to a water park. So when she gets back to school, her dad's not there to pick her up. And she's like, okay, whatever. That's normal. Like whatever. He's probably just doing something stupid. So she went to a friend's house to wait. And while they were there, they were smoking cigarettes. They were doing all the things that they weren't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So she's, um, he finally comes to pick her up sometime between like four and five ish. And at this point, um, when Sarah gets in the call car, she's like, fuck, he's going to smell cigarette smoke on me. And she like sprayed herself with perfume to basically just cover up the cigarette smoke. Didn't really work, but she didn't that, yeah, that does not it. work. Yeah. But when you're 12 and 13, you're like, Ooh, that'll work. I'm just going to cover myself up. And like, he didn't mention it at all. The only thing he did was throw his cell phone at Sarah and told her to call Alyssa's phone because the only two people in the house that had cell phones was him and um, Alyssa. And him and Sarah like shared a phone whenever Sarah needed it. So he throws his phone at Sarah and he's like, hey, I can't get a hold of Alyssa. You try calling. She still wasn't answering. So they just go home. And the first thing Sarah did when they got home was went directly to Alyssa's room to see if she was in there. Now, Alyssa's room was kept very clean all the time. So when Sarah walked in, and it was a mess. She's like, this is not right. Something's wrong. Her backpack was flipped and dumped, basically just emptied onto her bed. So everything from her backpack was on her bed. And her phone, because Sarah kept trying to call it, her phone was vibrating on the dresser. And next to her phone on the dresser was a note. So I'm going to read the note. And the note doesn't make any sense. Okay. This note is not like a real runaway note. So it says, Dad and Sarah, when you dropped me off at school today, I decided I really am going to go to California. Sarah, you said you wanted me gone. Now you have it. Dad, I took $300 from you. That's why I was saving my money. Alyssa. So if she decided in the morning that she was going to run away. Why did she tell why? people she would see them later exactly and why would she come home dump out her backpack leave all her stuff there she didn't take so like in the 90s you on you remember your makeup was everything your jewelry was everything you need lip gloss you You fucking need it yes you need your butterfly clips Mm -hmm. okay you need your roll-on glitter nothing nothing Everything was in her room still. She didn't take her phone. She didn't take any of her stuff. And her backpack was still on her bed. If I'm going to dump out my backpack to use to run away, I'm going to take that with me. There was nothing missing from her room. Not even like socks, like clothes. <sighs> she did not run away. My mind immediately is thinking, if, if you get into a interrogation situ- situation and you're paranoid as fuck and you're angry, mm-hmm. wouldn't you dump out your kid's backpack? Mm-hmm. If you're in a confrontation with them, all right, well, I know you were doing the thing, brah, here's proof, empty out backpack, find mm-hmm. said thing. Because I've done mm-hmm. this to my eldest daughter, I can't count how many times. Yeah. She's like, I don't have homework. And I was like, oh, really? Turn over the backpack and find it crumpled up in the box. I, I did it all the time. Yeah. It's exactly what you would do. So 
and his story does not line up at all. He says that after he picked her up from school, which he didn't tell anyone that he picked her up from school, but they got in a fight and she ran down the hall to her room and slammed the door. And at that point he decided, okay, whatever, I have like I have to go get groceries, I have errands to run and then I have to go get Sarah. So I'm not dealing with this right now, I'll deal with it when I come home. So he says that after their fight that she decided to leave. But if that was the case, would the note not say, Dad and Sarah, after our my fight this afternoon? Yeah, not I've first thing in the morning. Leave. Yeah. So another weird thing, she had almost like, I want to say it was like over $2,000 in her bank account. Why do you need to steal the $300 from your dad? You have $2,000 of your own. And that $2,000 is never touched. Ever. Mm. So, especially if you're running away to California, you would touch that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm. And California is where her aunts lived. So her mom's sisters. So that's why it was, I'm going to California. I'm just going to go live with my aunts. So that night, her father called the police to report her. Instead of reporting her as a missing child, he reports her as a runaway. Now he knows, ooh, that face. He knows that if you report them as a runaway, nothing gets done. The cops won't go and look for them because it's not the cop's responsibility. It's the family's responsibility to find you if you're a runaway. Wait, how old was she when she ran 17. away? Ugh, ugh, that's so hard. Ugh. Because mm-hmm. at 18, they, like, there's even harder protocols to say that mm-hmm. this is a runaway or this person is missing. And if he knew his way around that bullshit, mm-hmm. he could probably pull that for a 17-year-old. Yeah, so basically he called the police. He's like, hey, I just want to report my daughter as a runaway. I know where she's at. She's at her family's in California. I think she went to her aunt's house. But like, I just wanted to report her as a runaway because she's still 17. And like, I don't want to be responsible for that if anything happens. Dude, you're responsible. It is your daughter by law because you adopted her. This is your responsibility. So a week later, the police never come and question anyone. Never even come to get a statement from Sarah, Michael, or anything. And I think that's wrong. Even if it's a runaway, I still think you should send someone out and get a statement from people. Mm -hmm. Just in case. A week later, Michael claims to have gotten a phone call from Melissa very early in the morning. But here's the thing. That passive recording system happened to be turned off. So it didn't get recorded. But there'd still be a way to trace phone calls. So, yes, there is. And he got the phone records, and the phone call did come from a payphone in California. Hmm. But... In that week time from when she went missing to when he got this phone call, he had been out in California searching for her. So did he find someone out there that he was like, hey, make this phone call for me and just call me at this time in this day and I'll turn off my passive recording system and no one will know who it was and I'll just tell them, oh, it was Alyssa. It's fine. So another fun little tip. So he had the recording systems in the vents and everywhere else. Yeah. He looked at those 
tapes. There wasn't anything important on them, so he decided to tape over them. Hey, videotape's expensive. He kept everything. Hey, listen, times are tough. Video's expensive. Listen, you killed your stepdaughter and you're trying to get away with it. You're a piece of shit. So, um, Michael sued the phone company, acting like the big good guy hero, to get the phone records. So that he could prove that this phone call came from, I think it was Desert City, California. Which is literally just like nothing. And that's where he claims that she is. So... Has anybody gone out to that town to look no. for her? What about the local authorities there? No. We got a lead look out for this chick. Because Sarah has tried. Michael and Sarah went to California multiple times. Because Michael is like, she's in California. That's where she's at. She's not in Arizona. We're not even looking here. They didn't even put up missing posters. He had Sarah make them and then he never put them up. Mm. And like... So, like, the part that, like, really bothers me is Sarah interviews a lot of Alyssa's friends on her podcast, and the one friend just kept saying, when Mike called and asked me if if Alyssa was with me and then told me that she had run away, her first reaction wasn't to be sad. It was to be happy that Alyssa got out of that situation. She wasn't like, oh, something happened. She was like, oh, thank God she got away. And now she's like, no, something happened. And I hate that that was my reaction to be like, oh, thank God she's out of there. It's not, she was wishing well for her friend. Exactly. And that's how I see it too. Like you're 17, like, oh, thank God she got out of that abusive home. She got away from him. She got to do what she really wanted. You know, people were happy that me and my husband separated. I was. (laughs) So... But, like, Michael kept videotapes all the, way, all the way back to the 80s, just keeping them because, well, there might be something on there that I need because these people are out to get me and they're trying to kill me. So for him to record over and not even show the police what was on the videotape from the day Alyssa left blows my mind. No, it's shady as shit. It's extremely shady. I call shenanigans. Oh, yeah. So many shenanigans. Do I have to get my broom? Yes. Yes. So the thing that really opened the case back up was... Hold on. Let me go in here. Since Kev didn't do research. I did research for the wrong week. You're trash, dude. He was misinformed. That's probably my fault. It's okay. I just have to pull up the article that I have. And I'll tell you about his bomb trial that kind of got things. Oh, you mean the 26th they found in this place? Yeah. See, I did some research. Okay, good job. Oh, it is really raining all of a sudden. The only thing I researched was her photo for the website. That what? is all I saw was a photo of Alyssa Turney. Oh, you got through. a photo? Yeah, because I had to update the Macabre Academy for upcoming episodes. Oh, good. So I okay. got a photo. That is all I saw of this case. Perfect. I'm sorry for the background noise, y'all. It just started raining, and I'm too lazy to move my ass inside, but I might not have a choice here. That's okay. You don't like it if it's a little moist, Kev? My computer doesn't. So, federal agents raided 
the tourney home in December of 2008. They raided it and they found bombs, more working bombs than they'd ever seen before in the state of Arizona. It's just saying something because Arizona's pretty fucked up. Somebody right. from Arizona, you guys are fucked up. Yeah, you are. So they found three fire bombs and 26 pipe bombs fitted with steel shot to enhance the shrapnels. So he just had all of this in the house. What the fuck were the bombs for? To blow up the local Long union. Because the local union wanted to kill him. So he had a plan to go and kill them first. Is that like conspiracy to commit arson? I mean, he got 10 years in prison for bomb possession. Cool. Okay. So basically, he also figured out during this whole trial that if he had Sarah listed as like part of his legal counsel, they could write letters back and forth and the jail was not allowed to open those letters because they were to a legal counsel. I don't think she passed the bar association. I don't think that counts. No, but it was like she was the legal secretary or something like that. So you put her on as a paralegal or some bullshit. Yeah, so like he found ways around it so that he could still write her letters and tell her things and be like, oh, well, you need to do this with this stuff and you need to do that and you need to do this and take care of this. And da, 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 da. So in December of 2008, the police call Sarah and they're like, hey, can you come into the station real quick? We got to talk to you. And she goes, okay, but like I have to go to a college class. Can it wait or do you need me like right now? And they were like, no, like we need you like right now. So she goes down to the station and she's like, okay, cool. Like, what's up? Like, I have to go to school. Like, I have to go to my Spanish test. Like, I'm going to fail my Spanish test if I'm not there and I can't fail, fail my Spanish test. Like, any, like, 19-year-old would be like, oh, my God, I can't fail. I'm sorry if I'm in a police station. It can wait. Mm, but she was, like, very – every time she went to the police station, it was the same shit. Where it was like, so we don't have anything for your sister, and we really don't have anything on the case, and we're really not doing anything, but, like, we're just going to talk to you. And she goes, what's going on? Like, why is this important right now if you don't have anything new to tell me? And, like, that was her attitude, which I understand. I get it. So that day, the police detectives that worked the case told her that her father was a piece of garbage and that they believed he killed Alyssa. They also told her that they were raiding their house for bombs and weapons as they were speaking. And she was like, okay, can I go home? Like, I need to be there. Like, I need to be with my dad. Like, he's not going to be okay. I need to be there. Because Sarah was one million percent a daddy's girl. And at this point, she still believed that he did nothing wrong and that Alyssa ran away. Because that's what he had been telling her for so long, for seven years. So they told her that they believed he killed her. During the bomb trial, Michael pleaded guilty and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. During the raid, the police found a manifesto titled The Story of a Madman Martyr. And in this manifesto, Michael lays out his plot to blow up the local union building and kill thousands of people. Oh, we love that. Yeah. Great guy. Amazing. Model citizen. Model citizen. He also goes into A pillar detail. of the community. He needs to be will. blown up himself. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes into detail 
about how he knows that two of the men from the local union kidnapped and killed Alyssa to get to him. And that in order to get back at them, he killed those men, even though the death records and death certificates show that those men like didn't die by murder. It was like more natural causes than murder. And this is where he says that the guys told him that they killed Alyssa and buried him in desert city, California. So this makes the cops like really interested and they're like, so he knows she's dead and didn't call the police to open up a missing person's case, even though he was told that his daughter was murdered. You love that. Like I mean, what else would you do? Really? Logic. Not that. Mm-hmm. So this is when the detectives open up Alyssa's case as a missing person's case. So now they're going to start investigating, but seven years has gone by. And so they have to go through, they never interview her friends. They never get a statement from Michael because he refuses to talk to them about it. And like, he's just so uncooperative. And so nothing really happens, but they still keep looking into it and they're like, we'll find more leads. We'll do this, but nothing happens. At some point, the detectives working on the case tell Sarah to get media attention. They're like, get some media attention, put some pressure on the district attorney so that they can press charges. So Sarah does that. She also gets told that they're going to do a silent witness campaign. And with this silent witness campaign, there'll be a billboard for Alyssa on every main highway in Arizona. Awesome. There's no billboards. Wait, why not? Because the silent witness campaign isn't a real thing. So Sarah, through her Patreon and through donations, got enough money to finally put up a billboard this year. Finally. So there's finally a billboard up on one of the main highways in Arizona with Alyssa's face and saying, please help any information, call this person, get this case out. So Sarah has gone above and beyond to get all of the media attention that she can. She got her family to do 2020. She got so many YouTubers to do episodes on her. So like John Lorden does a really good multi-parter. Stephanie Harlow's is amazing. And then Kendall Ray's is really good as well. And basically... Then she decides, you know what? I'm going to start my own podcast and I'm going to tell Alyssa's story from the beginning. And so she does. Good. And it's amazing. So this does nothing. The detectives were reassigned to different cases and Sarah was told, yeah, they're not working on missing persons cases anymore. They're working on other, on other things. Even though they were still working on missing person cases, they were just taking it off of hers. And the detective that takes over the case knows nothing about it and doesn't care to look into it. Then why is it on his desk? Because at least she has someone to contact now, but he doesn't know about the case and he just doesn't really care. Are you sure he's not friends with what is, what's his face? I don't think so. Okay. I wanted a more conspiracy, I guess. That's fair. Yeah. So Alyssa has had people reach out who like train the cadaver dogs yeah. And like to do cadaver dogs, they have to have so many hours of like practice. So they're like, listen, we have to have our dogs practice anyway. Do you want us to come out? Like, if you get the police to okay it, so that if they do find anything, there is an officer there and it's not like chain of evidence, basically. They're like, do you want us to come out 
and have our dogs come out and like practice run and see if we find anything out in desert city. And she's like, well, let me ask the police, see if it's something we're allowed to do. And the police say, no, they're like, we don't have the funding for that. She goes, well, I already have it set up. Like you don't have to pay for it. I just need a police officer out there to like, make sure it's okay. And they're like, yeah, well, that's out of our jurisdiction anyway, so we can't okay it. And she goes, okay, so should I go to them? And they're like, yeah, no, she's probably not even there anyway. So they just keep blocking everything she comes up with. She's like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, can we do like a search with like, so you know how they do grid searches with like a whole bunch of people in fields? So she wants to do that. She's like, listen, I have people, I have thousands of people who are like, we'll come out and we will help you grid search. Just let us know when. And the police are like, well, you don't understand. Like, that's so dangerous. That area is so, like, rough terrain. And, like, you have to have enough water and you have to have this. And she's like, okay, I will get that. Like, if these people volunteer, will a cop come out and be there with me? They don't. So that if we find anything, it's legal. And they're like, no. So then she also got the opportunity to speak at CrimeCon on a panel. And they were like, well, would your police officers, like the detectives on the case, come out and speak? Oh, yeah. And the detectives were like, yeah, no, we don't really want to. We don't think that would help at all. And she's like, why are you stopping everything I do? And they're just not helping. <sighs> so, basically. Is this like a pride bullshit thing? Like, yep. we said it's nothing. You're going over our heads. We don't have time for your bullshit. You're making us look like assholes, so we're going to be assholes. So this next part is really, really, really going to piss you off, and I'm not sorry. I'm not. I'm almost done. I thought this was going to be a two-parter, and it's You should not. be. I'm on this journey now. I can't. Yes. I mean, it's like an hour and a half. That's fair. That's okay. That gives people an excuse to listen to this girl's podcast. So when Michael's released from jail... Sarah's like, I want nothing to do with this fuck. Like, you're a piece of shit and I don't want anything to do with you. But she meets up with him at a local Starbucks and records the conversation. Because Arizona is a one-party consent state, as long as she knows she's being recorded and she consents to it, it's fine. And, like, she kind of used that against her dad because he's the one that taught her that. So she records the entire conversation and she actually plays all of the conversation on her podcast and like it gave me chills oh my god i can't wait to listen to this podcast so he denies everything he's like sarah i never told you that sarah i never said that like you're wrong like that never happened like i don't know where you're getting this from but like that never happened but what really like messed me up he says that he will tell her everything if she comes to his deathbed and he'll tell her on his deathbed so you just admitted that you're guilty 100 percent. no shit you are literally saying i know some shit and i'm not gonna tell you and i'll tell you on my deathbed wait it gets worse he also said that he would tell the police he would talk to the police and tell the police everything if they gave him lethal injections within 10 days after talking so he just admitted to it you know what happens to child molesters in jail mm-hmm. child rapists do you know what the fuck happens that's why he wants lethal injections 
you, you don't get an easy way out. I hope you get rammed up the ass with many painful objects. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's in his 70s, and I need him to, like, go to jail before he dies. Or get hit by something, like a bus or a train. Well, what if what if we almost put him out of his misery? Like, beat him within an inch of his life, and then he has to talk, because that's him on his deathbed. It's an inch of away from death. Good plan. Good plan. I said we beat him stupid. Get some bricks. Get some socks. You know, I got a baseball bat somewhere. We can make this happen. So Sarah takes this recording to the police and she's like, look, I got him to admit things. I got him to say this. Like, please bring him in. Please interrogate him because he's never been interrogated. No, he's never been questioned. Dude, they always look at immediate family. Like you have to question them before you rule them out. They did not question anyone. So Sarah takes the confession in and she goes, look, I got this. Like, what can we do with it? And they were like, well, he never said that to us, so we can't do anything. <sighs> mm, yeah. So she's like, okay, cool. So, like, what now? And they're like, well, we don't know. She's like, well, look, I got all these signatures on this petition. Look, I got all of these, like, followers on my um, YouTube, on my podcast. She now has a TikTok, too, and I love it. But speaking of what, you owe me some TikToks. Just I do. Oh, you could do, you could. So do one of hers, right? Like you could duet that shit or something. Oh, I yeah. could. You're right. So basically the detectives were like, yeah, no one ever told you to get media attention. We don't know where you got that from. And literally my favorite thing that she ever says, she goes, okay, well, you guys are going to be sorry when Alyssa's case makes it to Netflix. No, not yet. Did it? Please tell me. It's I mean, it Netflix. made it to ABC 2020. All right, let's get that. But is that shit on Hulu? Because I think 2020 shit's on Hulu. It might be. I mean. So, like, it got national attention, and now it's in the headlines again. I mean, I'm going to look that shit up. I'm not going to lie. I hope it's not like Waco where I can't sleep because it's bothering me. Because now it's bothering me. It bothers me so much. Like, this is what I listen to at work, and I'm just like, I want to murder him. Like, I want to hurt him. Well, you can take it out on something so i have a few case updates and then i'm done okay what you got for me because i need some sort of closer to a resolution here it's getting close i'm anxious (laughs) i know in december of 2018 the maricopa county attorney's office asked the phoenix police to present the case for prosecution the police never responded they're the little they are the literal worst literal worst yeah maricopa county's bullshit and the police never responded to that so then in january 2019 sarah had a meeting with the commander um named christina gonzalez and this is the one that sarah was like well i can't wait till you see this case on netflix because you're gonna fucking be sorry and she said that they wouldn't be pressing murder charges against Michael without more evidence. After she said that, Sarah went off and was like, well, you're going to be fucking sorry because you guys did nothing and like the whole world's going to know how negligent you were and how much of a piece of shit you are and you just don't care about people. And da, 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 da. Good. So a week later, 
Sarah got an email from the Phoenix PD saying, Sarah, we are submitting our case to the prosecutors for charges against Michael. Yes. That was January of 2019. Oh, my God. It was over a year ago. Yeah. No, but that was, wasn't that June 9th, 2020? She just, um, like, announced it. Oh, okay. So, because they told her January 2019, but they didn't really, they had to do more research and do more digging. And then she, um, like, announced it to everyone and they announced it then. Gotcha. Because they don't want to announce it too early and then, like, give him a chance to, like, cover more shit up. So Sherlock now wants to be part of the podcast. Oh, that's right. I had Lucy on the mic earlier going, wait, she's so cute. So those are my case updates. So you're going to keep us posted if something else happens. Oh, 1 billion percent. (sighs) Because this is a case that keeps me up at night because like people, I guess it's like the John Benet Ramsey case for people where I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like Burke did it. But like, this case, I'm like, listen, we know who did it. He admitted to it. And the police are just dragging their feet because there's no body. And do you know how hard it is to solve, to prove something without a body? Yeah, it's a big issue in court. It's a big issue, but you also refuse to look for the body. Free cadaver dogs. Like, like you refuse to look. That's on you. Kev, what are your thoughts? Uh, my same as always. This is some bullshit. Ooh, also, shit. also, scene change. I'm now in my condo because it's pissing down rain outside. So good. I was admiring your cat tree. Yeah, it's a pretty solid cat tree. Costco, sixty bucks. There you go. Kevin's a it's crazy like six cat and a half lady. feet. It's like six and a half I feet mean, tall. It's fucking awesome. We have two cat trees in my living room. So do I. Because we have four cats. Same. And I'm allergic to all of them. Hey, Bruce. Coming up? So I'm done. All right. On a happy note, let's get some cats. Cats. Palette cleanser. Oh. Meow. They're the best. I mean, if you want to send me cat memes on Twitter or Instagram, I'm not upset. You can do that. We are are all here for cat memes. Did you see my aliens one with the little kitten? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are we are all here for the cat memes. So speaking of which, you should probably do a non-offensive dare. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. 
You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. Send us all yeah. send us all of the pet pics, no dick pics. That's not the dare. No, no we're just saying send cat pics. Pet pics, cows, cats, dogs, ferrets, gerbils, hamsters. Send okay. your friends to us. There is a solid gap between 76 and 94. 76 and 94. 82. There you go. Fuck. It's not one of my better dares. Oh. But this is a good opportunity to use your pet as inspiration. Oh, I love it. Okay. So your Patreon dare this week is to scrapbook something. Okay. I love me some multimedia art. You just need one page of whatever you want to scrapbook. Don't scrapbook your actual pet. That's not a good thing. No, but you could put like the little paw prints with the picture and like the little puppy sticker. I don't fucking know, but I scrapbook something, make multimedia Uh, art page, something. I'm just saying, don't, don't use your actual pet. Well, you could use a photo of your pet. Yes, but don't use the actual pet. That's all I'm saying. Well, my fish would not adhere to paper with glue very easy because he's slimy. No, if you let him dry out first. Oh my god. So speaking of Kev saying something wildly inappropriate, we have a new segment. We have a new segment. Yeah, you have a new segment. I allotted you I, a task. Yes, you did. For every episode. Don't, don't be what, fucking trash. Wait, what are we gonna call it? I don't know. Is was it know. just the weird facts? Well, it's supposed to be Kevin's trash. Oh no. It's supposed to be a weird fact that's true. And it's yes. Kev's things. It's Kev's weird facts that are true. We need to come up with a better name for it. How about Weird True Facts? By Kev. Weird but true. Weird, weird but, but true. true. Sounds I weird but okay. okay. Sounds weird but true. Yeah, yeah. Sounds weird but true. Okay, I'll put that on the, the title card for Instagram. I All like right. it. Perfect. So I actually did do this one in the right order, unlike the research I did for the wrong episode. Um, <laughs> not my mm-hmm. fault. Uh, so... Uh, this this harkens back to another the first episode I was on. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't. And so, there was an author named Janet Frame who was scheduled to have a frontal lobotomy when it was announced that she had won the National Literary Prize. They canceled the procedure. No shit. Damn. Look at me being topical. Holy That's shit! Damn. That one's so good. I know, right? I've set the bar way too high. It's going to be all disappointment from here on out. Wait, what was her prize for again? Literary? She won a, It doesn't say what it was, but it was, she had won a national literary prize. The procedure was then canceled. Huh. Nice. That's pretty good. That's I know, I set good. the bar way too high. Don't expect this shit from here on out. It's gonna, probably going to be trash from here on out. So. No, That's fair. No, I love it. It's so good. Bruce Short? wants to be famous. So does Brandy. Hmm. I do. Yeah. You need to retire by 27. Um, You got two years, bitches. 
<laughs> Gotta get that Patreon up. Yeah. Yeah, let me retire. Patreon He's got a mustache. Cats. Your cat has a fucking mustache. It's actually the bat signal. You gotta send me a picture okay, of that for Instagram. So you need more cats on the Instagram. He was a stray. He was a stray, so we adopted him from a shelter, and they named him Bruce Aww. Wayne because he has Aww. the bat signal on his face. It's so adorable. I love oh, so he's so a Bruce much. Bruce. Yes, Bruce he's Bruce. the best Our Bruce ever. Cat? Kicks the shit out of the actual Bruce Wayne because who's not an actual superhero? Come at me. All right, wait before no, before we leave. Did you guys read my post on the AI? Uh, the AI that wrote a Batman script. No, because I tried to, and I was no, afraid. because I'm trash. Come at me. Oh my God. No, I got to read you this thing. Okay. Perfect, because I was, I was going to, and then I lost it. Yeah. Wait, I'm trying to find it right now. Okay, here we go. So this guy, Keaton Patty on Twitter. Okay. He said, I forced mm-hmm. a bot to watch over a thousand hours of Batman movies and then asked it to write a Batman script of its own. Here's the first page. You will not be disappointed. Okay, ready? It says Batman. Uh, Traditional Batcave for the setting. Batman stands next to his Batmobile and uses his Batcomputer. He's sometimes Bruce Wayne, sometimes Batman. All times orphan. Batman. Fair. This is now a safe city. I have punched a penguin into prison. (laughs) Alfred, Batman's loyal butler, carries a tray of goth ham. Oh, I like goth ham. Yeah. That's funny. Alfred. I'm here for the goth ham. Yeah, ready. (laughs) Alfred, eat a dinner, Mattress Wayne. An explosion explodes. The Joker. As they tend to do. Yeah. The Joker and Two-Face enter the cave. Joker is a clown, but insane. Two-Face is a man, but an attorney. (laughs) But an attorney. But an attorney. Batman. No, it's Two-Face and One-Face. They hate me for being a bat. (laughs) Batman throws Alfred at (laughs) Two-Face. Two-Face flips Alfred like a coin. Alfred lands head up, which means Two-Face goes home. (laughs) That's looking great. Batman continued. It is just you and I, the Joker. Bat versus clown. Moral enemies. The Joker. (laughs) I am such a freak. Society is bad. You drink water. I drink anarchy. I love that. That is solid. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is fantabulous. Wait, wait, it gets better. Batman, I drink bats just like a bat would. <laughs> Batman looks around for his parents, but they are still dead. But they are still dead. <laughs> this makes him have anger. He fires a bat rocket. The Joker deflects it with his sixth sense of humor. <laughs> a clown that man is not amused <laughs> the joker <sighs> i have never followed a role that is my role do you follow i don't batman alfred give birth to robin <laughs> <laughs> 
Alfred oh begins God. the process since it is his job. <laughs> the Joker now has a present in his hand. He juggles it over to Batman, the Joker. Happy bad day, Birthman. Batman <laughs> opens the present since he's a good guy. <laughs> it contains a coupon for new parents, but it's expired. <laughs> oh, this is a Joker joke. <laughs> That's the first page. That is amazing. I love your that little Funko Pops. I needed a palate cleanser. I needed it. Sorry, guys. I am the uh, nerdy witch. It's okay. That's amazing. <laughs> that's that's hysterical. Coupon for new parents, but it's expired. I am not disappointed. Actually, Wait, so- it'd be way better than the Ben Affleck flick. I will take it. <laughs> That's fair. We were wrong. playing Cards Against Humanity, and my favorite card is Dead Parents. No. Because I'm fucked. So it was like, um, what's Batman's secret pleasure? And I played Dead Parents. Oh, no. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> and everyone was like, Brandy, you're fucked. And I was like, hi. Have we met? All right, guys. I got to yeah, get going. I think we're done. I okay, will, I'm going to bed. We'll catch you next week at the same bad time at the same bad channel. Bye. Bye. See you guys. Hey guys. So I have some amazing news. Um, a couple of days after recording this episode, I was, I think it was Wednesday night. I was laying in bed at like 11 o'clock because I have to work at 4 a.m couldn't sleep. So I was looking at my phone and I got a notification from my podcast player. It was an update from Alyssa's sister, Sarah, and her podcast Voices for Justice. And it was an update on the case that her father, Michael Turney, was finally arrested for Alyssa's murder. He's finally going to trial. Um, I called Steph almost immediately and I was just so excited. And I think that this is far from the end and Alyssa and Sarah both still need our support and still need um, just the love and the prayers and everything that we can give, especially Sarah, because this is going to be so hard for her. But I just wanted to update you guys and let you know, um, as the trial goes on and as the case goes on, obviously I'll update you and let you guys know what's going on. But I was just so excited and happy when I found out. This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.